You are listening to High Impact Influence, the podcast. You'll find the website at growgreat.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. I'm your host here. This is day 17, September the 17th, 2021. Happy Friday to the 30-day micro leadership course. We began this, yep, September the 1st. Today is day 17, and two weeks from now, it'll all be over. Not the podcast, but this little short series. Employment has been disrupted more in the past 18 months than at any other time in my lifetime. The pandemic, government, economic incentives, well, whatever else you'd like to call those things, uh, people migrating from one place to another, it has all led to major problems for employers all over the country, maybe worldwide. According to commercial real estate services company Cushman and Wakeman, Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, which is where I'm living, has experienced the largest growth of any major metro area in the country. They predict that that is going to continue through the year 2029 when Dallas-Fort Worth may reach 9 million people. As of July 2018, the 2018 census, we were around 7.5 million. We're certainly bigger than that now. It's estimated that there is an average of 200 people moving into this area every single day. And we aren't alone in experiencing new citizens. With remote work becoming more commonplace and many people are leaving larger metro areas, opting for smaller cities and towns where the cost of living is lower, the quality of life may be higher, here in Texas, we are experiencing an explosion of people coming from California where there's a considerably higher cost of living than related to Texas. But additionally, many small towns are offering a cash bounty if families will relocate there. We are experiencing employment disruption, perhaps unlike anything we've ever seen, at least in a very long time and perhaps even since the Great Depression. That was a very different kind of disruption. And it crosses every industry sector, from police officers to medical staffers to nurses to school teachers to engineers. I mean, just about any role that you can think of, employers are struggling to find people. You know, we used to say that finding good or great people, that's tough. Today, I'm, I'm hearing increasingly more employers say just finding people is stuff. I just need warm bodies and I can't find those. I don't bring all this up to depress us, but I do bring it up to introduce an important topic of establishing a high performance culture. This is important. No matter the landscape, no matter the economy, no matter the time, a high performance culture is always vastly better than any of the alternatives. I mean, even in times like these, the companies with a high performance culture, that is an environment that fosters growth and improvement and high achievement, they've got a clear advantage. I mean, why wouldn't you want to lead your enterprise into being a culture like that? In 1982, as a young leader, I stood before a group of employees in the company that I was running, and I told them, who knew that being polite would be a competitive advantage. I mean, here we are in 1982. Who would think that? But today, if we will be fanatical in saying please and thank you, sir and ma'am, 
then we are going to be vastly ahead of our competition. It was true. It was completely true then. It is still true today. And that is a real simple illustration of just, frankly, how easy it can be for us to elevate our work. The hard part is first making up our mind that we're going to do it. And then, well, the second hard part is to follow through execution. So it is with establishing a high performance culture. It can help us better lead people. Now we began talking about and thinking about in the past few sessions about our story. That is our narrative. We talked about the importance of crafting our story. That is figuring out our ideal outcome. And then we talked about writing our story, which is our metaphor for taking full responsibility for the life we live. And then we talked about making sure that we tell our story well, well enough for others to accurately comprehend it, which is how I define understanding. Today, let's talk about the story our employees tell themselves. Few things impact all of us more negatively or positively than the story in our head, the story that we tell ourselves, the story about how we see the world and how we see our place in the world. As leaders, we have to be mindful of all of our employees individually and collectively. And we have to realize that they are like us. We're all humans. We're all telling ourselves this story. We are all crafting this narrative in our head to figure out how we see the world and how we see our place in the world. Leaders must provide a great story for every employee, a story that tells the employee where they fit in the organization and how they make a positive contribution to the entire enterprise. And if we fail to do that, they will craft a story about those things and it won't be good. It won't be good. People don't automatically think the best. Most of us, we go straight to the negative. We think the worst. Leadership has to serve people with a great story. I mean, if you get a text message or a phone call or an email telling you to report to the boss's office, you're not likely thinking, great, they're going to give me that raise I've been waiting on. No, your head's immediately going to go to, uh Oh, what did I do? I'm in trouble. Understand that that's how your people are going to react as well. Now I'm not talking about fables. I'm not talking about fiction. And this isn't about patronizing people with something that sounds good, but is completely untrue, or you have no intentions of following through on it. High performing cultures are killed by a whole lot of things, but there are two things in this area of story that contribute greatly to employee dissatisfaction. And this is why I'm bringing up all of today's disruption. We cannot afford to run our enterprises in a way where there is employee dissatisfaction. Finding people is too hard. Hanging on to people even harder. These two things are not knowing how people can make a positive contribution. That is, they don't see how they fit. Nobody's really given them the clear story of how they can make a positive contribution. And the second thing is incongruency. That is leadership says one thing, 
but they do something contrary. Now, whether you're leading a very small team that's within a big enterprise or whether you're the number one and you're leading the whole organization, it really doesn't matter. And anything in between, by the way, you can influence the outcome. This is the great thing. A single leader can make an enormous impact just right where they are. I mean, who cares if the rest of the organization, which is out of your control and beyond your influence is, is something that's going off the track, you can still operate by getting on the track, have a high performance culture, right? Where you are start by making up your mind that you're going to grow and improve as a leader, and then make up your mind that you're going to serve everybody in your team, everybody in your group, everybody in your enterprise and your organization. So they too can grow and improve. How do they make a positive difference? Tell them, show them, make sure they understand it from the lowest skill workers to the highest skill workers. People need to wake up every workday knowing that what they do matters, knowing that they themselves, they matter and they do. And so does their work. But if they don't see that, it will not be long before they will lose heart. And in time, you will lose their physical contributions because their heart left a long time ago. Avoid that by making sure they know and are constantly reminded of where they fit, how they matter, and how their work makes a positive difference. Don't be a hypocrite. You know, I've, I've been preaching that sermon kind of throughout this series of don't be a hypocrite. Don't say one thing and do something different. And even though I've preached that sermon before, I think we need to keep preaching that sermon because it is easy for us to say one thing and then we do something completely contrary. And some think, well, you know, as long as we say the right things, then we just go do what we want. Wrong. Our actions and our words have got to be congruent. It is among, in my experience, the chief reasons why people leave. They just can't make sense. They can't make sense of what's going on, and it drives people crazy. It drives people away. They hear what management or leadership says, but then they see something completely different. And as they pay attention to our actions and our decisions, and when they don't match up, people are confused. Worse yet, they lose trust. Well, assuming they ever had it. And when we lose the trust of people, we lose the people. Be well, do good, grow great. My name is Randy Cantrell. Again, the website is growgreat.com. Tomorrow is Saturday, and we'll hit session 18, the Lord willing, tomorrow. <laughs>